Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Believe in the You podcast. I'm with my main man, the Stewcast. Stu, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm enjoying the summer vacation. Been watching uh, and listening to your stuff and, and getting that that bug for college football, brother. It's, it's starting to hit. Christmas is coming. If anybody doesn't know Stu, I mean, this guy is a college football genius. I've never met someone so informative, you know, with his perspective on college football. You can talk about any subject, Hawaii football, UL Monroe football, University of Miami, Clemson Tigers, you name it. The guy has an answer to every single subject, and that's that's why I appreciate talking to the Stu cast. Stu, where can the good people find you? Well, first off, you're way too kind. Uh, second of all, check me out at StuCast Sports on Twitter. Uh, taking a little break from the podcast, doing some summer fun with the fam. Uh, we're going to be back, uh, you know, sporadic shows. We got Alex Marvez coming up this week on the program, uh, NFL on Serious Host, uh, also All Elite Wrestling. And then August, we've already got it planned out. You're coming on. We've got about a dozen different uh, college football guests from from national level all the way down to, you know, local team specific and in between. So excited for for late July, August and, um, you know, excited to talk to Alex this week, but, you know, more excited about some Miami Hurricanes football. Absolutely. And when this podcast was being recorded. All right, we just got Kamari Rogers, four-star cornerback, actually the highest-rated cornerback Miami has landed commitment-wise. Now, nothing is official, of course, but since 2012. So that's pretty impressive. We just got a new defensive backs coach with Travaris Robinson. Hopefully, we'll land a couple more in the next few days. We'll see what happens. But Stu, this offseason, man, Miami is building in the right direction. What's your perspective on the 2021 Miami Hurricanes? Because I know you're very critical, and I understand why. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of Miami Hurricanes fans are very eager to get back to the glory days, but they had to come down to a level of reality. And sometimes we get a humble pill when we face elite opponents such as Clemson and North Carolina. So, I mean, what's your perspective on this team? Well, um, uh, you know, before I answer that, you know, Kamari Rogers, great get. Uh you, what you want to see is your team beating out other top schools. Right now, the, the hottest school in the country, Texas A&M, was after him. You just beat him out, uh, you know, beat them out for him. And that's important. That's how you start building victories. I know you've got some big-name recruits coming in and out. That's the kind of sign that tells you, okay, this program's healthy. We're moving in a good direction. As for 2021, I mean, it, it realistically – uh, before I get to the most important position uh, with the biggest question mark, you, you can look at the defense as has to be better than last year. Of course. Um, hard to replace J- hard to replace Jalen Phillips, hard to replace Quincy Roche. Uh, you're going to attempt to do that. The linebacking core needs to bump up a little bit. I think uh, with Bolden and and some of the guys you have in that secondary getting another year, that defense is going to be better. It, it just has to be. 
offensively, that line is stout. Uh, I think they really started to turn a corner towards the end of the season. And I liked what the line was doing for Harris uh, and for Derek uh, blocking wise and, and protection wise. Really the, the big part of offense that I struggled with, and we talked about it a ton is it's Mike Harley and 17 other guys. And, <laughs> That's awesome. you know, it's, this year you get Charles Rambo coming in and, you know, that, that is a very understated, huge transfer, not only to Miami, but in the larger scheme of the ACC, I think. So, so you're looking at, you have two wide outs. We, we have, we still have tons of question marks. We know what we've got at running back. And then it comes down to De'Ara King and, you know, I'm going to be blunt. I'm not sold yet that he's a hundred percent after I watch him tear his ACL in December. That's a hard sell for me. I know, I know the U family is, is all about it and the reports are glowing and that's great. Off season football, everything's great. It's sunshines and high fives. I need to see it. It's a tough slate of games to see it against though. Uh, because Miami did no favors for themselves with with a very hellacious start of the schedule. I I completely agree. I don't understand why we schedule top opponents first game of the season. Florida, LSU, now Alabama. Like, okay, like you want to schedule these guys, fine. Why not fourth or sixth, eighth game in? You know, why the first game every single season? So I completely agree. You know, Derrick King did tear his ACL. A lot of people are saying that he'll be ready to go by august now you know he'll be ready to go busy 100 percent healthy and then you're facing against the reigning national champion so there's a lot of big question marks for miami going into this game and let's say he's not ready to go they throw in jake garcia who looks phenomenal in his spring game by the way Stu. i don't know if you were able to take a look at the miami hurricane i saw some of the highlights garcia looked good he he hung up onto the football a little bit uh stayed a little flat-footed at times but you know overall i thought he did very good for a true he's a freshman yeah he's a freshman i mean he's got to eat there there's pluses and minuses you know in a situation where throwing a freshman out there um i i tend to think there's there's some minuses and it's not for where miami's at for where the program is and where it's supposed to be especially this year uh it's there's more negatives to me about it, but yeah, sure. Tyler Van Dyke um, certainly looked well in the spring game. Jake Garcia is looking well. I, I feel more comfortable about the quarterback position as a whole, but when you look at Derek King, when he's healthy and when he's on, he's a top five college quarterback. I mean, I made the statement to you before, if I'm starting a college football team and I have a, a pick in that first round, Dear Kings on my board as a guy I want to look at getting because he's so dynamic. So, Stu, talking about Dear King ready to go against Alabama, I mean, what's your outlook about the Miami Hurricanes facing the Alabama Crimson Tide game one of the regular season? Do you think this is a game where Miami can compete, potentially win the football game, or it's, look, it's David versus Goliath and Alabama is just going to dominate all four quarters and remind the University of Miami what you were 20 years ago is nothing what you are today. I, I think when it comes to Alabama, I mean, there's a lot of transition. This is a year of transition for Alabama. 
but like a Clemson, like a Georgia, they transition with elite talent at every position. Um, you know, Bryce Young, uh, as much as I was a Paul Tyson fan, uh, Bryce Young has clearly uh, stepped up and people are static about him. I look at Miami against Alabama in a similar fashion as I look at Miami versus Clemson. And the thing about Clemson is that that front seven is fast and they get after it and they fly to the ball. When you look at what Alabama's returning back, Christian Harris is the best linebacker in the NCAA. I mean, I mean, just without a doubt, the speed, the power. I mean, they lost three guys, four guys from that front seven, and they just reload with even more stronger talent. A lot of these guys played last year. So you're getting a lot of guys returning uh, returning starts, returning snaps on that side of the ball, highly ranked, uh, you know, secondary Josh Job, I think is going to be a superstar when it's all said and done in the Minka Fitzpatrick kind of mold. It, this defense is stifling. And one thing that we've seen Rhett Lashley struggle with, and it's not, it's not because of him and it's not because of Manny and it's not because of the talent they have. They just, they just don't have it when it comes to a Clemson. They shouldn't have been blown out by 40 to Clemson. They should have put up more than 17. When you give up. I, I, I yards see that kind of being the issue. I mean, it's hard to, to do that when you're so handcuffed with being undisciplined. That's what bothers me under Manny Diaz's tenure. As head coach, this football team has been completely undisciplined as a whole, defensively and offensively. And at the end of the day, Manny Diaz is the head coach. Okay, I understand that there's different, you know, there's offensive coordinators, there's defensive coordinators, but this as a as a football team has been entirely undisciplined and it frustrates me so much, Stu. So in the big much. games, in the big games, you've seen undisciplined and you've seen the talent gap against the elites, uh, which it is what it is, right? But when you have those hand in hand, it can get ugly. I think the one saving grace is Alabama is gonna come into this game. They're not they don't blow anybody out of the water first game of the year. Right. Uh, last year, you look at Missouri, it was 34-17. Uh, the Duke game a couple of years ago, 28 nothing. I mean, it's nothing. They're not going to come out and, and it's going to be 55-12 to 12 or 55-10 to 10 or something. It's not going to be something like this. But, um, I, you know, it's a game where do you want to throw De'Ara King to the Wolves because they're going to come after him. Oh, yes. And he's going to get hit. And it's going to be one of those games where you're going to have to force passes because I don't see them running the ball effectively against that front seven of Alabama. Um, I agree. I 100%. I would be in shock if Miami gets over 100 rushing yards with their three running backs. And, and look, Alabama has by far the most stacked running back crew in the entire NCAA. Every single guy is it feels like he is five-star you know, all world, all platinum, you know, whatever you want to call it. Trey Sanders, you know, is coming back. They, they've they got the number one recruit running back from last year coming back. Uh, Brian Robinson coming back. Uh, and that offensive line with Evan Neal and, and, and crew, I mean, that is ferocious. So th- it, it's a scary situation. It's a scary situation, but I wouldn't hold it against Manny and, 
and crew. Cause you know, I, I, I mean, Alabama is going to take out and, and really destroy 99% of the clubs out there in college football right now. So I think a situation where a good matchup for Alabama would be similar to an Ole Miss offense where they can put up 40 points a game, you know, they're just running gun offense. I mean, they're going to, they're just going to air it out. You know, they're going to play fast. Lane Kiffin has, is a great offensive mind. Dan Mullen's well, an offensive mind. Like those know, programs you know, Paul, can put up points. I don't think Miami can put up those points in the SEC elite level. Well, you know, Paul, what's funny when you bring up Ole Miss is, is there's there's special like little funny storylines. And part of the reason I love Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin wants, needs to beat Nick Saban. So much like uh, when Gus Malzahn was coach at Auburn, you remember Auburn would beat Alabama and you go, how the hell did that happen? They practice every single week leading up to the Iron Bowl right. for Alabama. Ole Miss was doing the same last year. Lane Kiffin was pulling out things with uh, Kenny Yaboa. Uh, I think he had like 185 yards, Elijah Moore doing crazy stuff and used much in a Kadarius Tony way we saw in the SEC championship game. They schemed all year for that game, um, and they had the talent to do so. And, yes, Lane Kiffin, a great offensive mind. He thinks out of the box. Brett Lashley's a good offensive coordinator. I just don't know that with what he wants to do with Miami, that that's going to be enough out of the box to, you know, stump a Alabama defense, which is pretty much – it eats up this spread – um, kind of, you know, shotgun offense, uh, it, it eats it up most of the time, unless you have a Kyle Trask, Pitts, Tony kind of combo, then, then it struggles a little bit, but most teams do. What would you, what would you think would be like an ideal score, a realistic score for this game? Uh, a score that makes me happy if I'm a Miami fan, um, uh, 31. 34 17. I'm yeah. happy with that. I think, I think, yeah, Miami hangs around to the third quarter. It's a touchdown game, 10 point game. And then Alabama scores. They're on cruise control the rest of the way. Uh, a score that makes me scared 50 to 3. 30. 30 I don't think it gets that high, but you know, something, something 35 10. Yeah. 35, well, I'll 7. say this if Miami doesn't score a point in that game or just a field goal, that's a, that's a red flag. Yeah. Well, that's a huge red flag. Um, I, I only see that happening if D.R. King is not playing in that game. Yeah, no, I agree. If there's a true, and first. even then, that's that's even scary because Alabama will put second teamers in uh, quick. <laughs> I think my Alabama's second team can honestly, I mean, take control of that football game as well. <laughs> it's yeah. it's still yeah. a really good. It's still a it's a ranked team. Their second team. Yeah, it, exactly. That That's the scary part of college football. But regardless, Stu, I know you've been really focusing in on your favorite team in college football out of Boone, North Carolina, Appalachian State. I mean, you can tell me about these kids' life stories. You're obsessed with App State football. I don't know why. I think Miami should win that game if they lose to App State. The Manny Diaz is C. It's going to be obliterating, literally. <laughs> but um, I mean, what 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 intrigues you about this matchup? Because you think App State will be a good fight against Miami, and I don't know why. Because they're, I think I, I, I think it, with what they've done with the schedule, App State is as good of a football team as they're going to play for most of the season. I think App State 
uh, as I'm starting to go over divisions and conferences and uh, take a look at the, uh, the whole landscape for the upcoming year, I start low, I work my way up. So I'm, I started it in the fun belt because it is the fun belt. It's exciting. I don't get uh, it. Nothing. Hey, like, is Coastal Carolina in the fun belt? That's how lost. Yeah, I Coastal was. Carolina, Louisiana Monroe, uh, all the all the big teams that me and you watch. Uh, I watch Coastal no. Carolina, not UL Monroe. That's your agenda. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Warhawks. Uh, so App State, you know, I think they're a really interesting team because you're going to see a quarterback, and it's very reminiscent of UAB last year when UAB came in. Uh, to Miami to play in that UAB was a good team last year. I think this App State team coming into play is is a good team, but uh, slightly ahead of where I would put UAB last year. And UAB was a bowl team, a seven-win team um, that, if I'm correct, I think they won the Conference USA. And they should solid, win. Yeah, Bill Clark, that's a solid yeah. football team. I, I think I think they're going to win the Conference USA again this year. I think App State wins uh, the Fun Belt this year. This team is in contention. Uh, if we're going to put Cincinnati in the in the group of uh, non-power five as as like the top leader in the clubhouse, because I think Cincinnati pulls an upset over either Indiana or Notre Dame. I'm putting that out out there right now. Uh, if Cincinnati's not going to be it, I would put App State in contention to be right underneath. And it's because of two things, really. First of all, uh, Chase Bryce, a guy you've seen, Miami fans have seen at Duke last year. Look, that system didn't fit him. Uh, there wasn't a ton of talent there. And, uh, I, you know, you saw moments. I think the Notre Dame game stands out. He was making some really nice passes. But at the end of the day, when you just don't have that talent around you and the system kind of works against you and not letting you open it up a little bit, uh, it, it, it's a detriment. I think moving into App State really helps him what he wants to do because he's a really good play action, throw down field kind of quarterback. And that's what App State wants to do because – Cameron Peoples at running back is a he's a very good quality running back. A kid, I think, only as a sophomore, you're going to see him go to the NFL as a sixth, seventh, undrafted, you know, rookie type thing. Much like uh, who's the kid that backs up Derrick Henry in Tennessee? The uh, I forget. I'm not a Tennessee Titan guy, but. That's what that's what you're dealing with. And then on the flip side, I think their defense, and I'm going to go out on a on a little bit of a limb here, is a top 15 defense in college football. This defense is for real. It's got a ton of experience, a ton of talent. And this is a game that's going to be a lot tougher than, oh, we got App State. I believe you. I believe it's going to be a lot tougher than what it looks on paper. I think it will actually be a close game throughout a couple, three quarters going into the fourth quarter. I really do. I do still. That UAB game was what, 28-14? It was a close game. It was a close yeah, yeah. game. I, I mean, it, it, I until agree. the fourth quarter, yeah, it was close. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami is up 10 in the fourth. They get a late touchdown. It looks like 34-17, you know, 41-27 per se. I think Miami will win the game, but I think it's going to be a two-touchdown win. I think it's a great game. I, the Alabama game is just throw it out. It does. It, to me, it doesn't count. 
the season starts with App State. Agree. Uh, because that that you're going to find out a lot about the team. You're not going to find out a ton against Alabama. You you're just not. I mean, it's yeah. it's apples and oranges. Well, you could find out some things. I I mean, sure, you're going to find out some things. You're going to find out real quick how good this run defense is. You're going to find out very quickly. Linebacker core. Um, yeah, you're going to find out how good it is uh, and, and what steps have been made. App State is going to be the real test of that because App State really just primarily a running team, running, play action. That's what, that's what they about. That's And that's what's going to be interesting because they're not the only ones. Run. Yeah. They're not the only ones that Miami's going to come up against that that's the, you know, modus operandi so to speak i've so, been watching a lot of now, Lock, so a home game miami's first home game it's probably you know there's going to be more people than i expect for a regular first home game of the season because last year obviously things sure. were very restricted what's your score prediction on that uh i am going to go miami 24 uh app state 20 that's fair I would say that's fair. They're, I think Miami will win the game. I just think I agree with Stu. It's going to be a lot closer than people think. But, you know, we'll see what happens. That's why they play the game. But I yep. think Miami will win the football game for its first home opener in 2021. In, in truth, it's one of the games I'm most excited about in the first three weeks. And a lot of people won't say that, but I I, I find it super interesting. It'll be a fun a fun game to watch. Now, after that game, you know, we play your alma mater, the Michigan State Spartans. They're yes. coming down to Hard Rock Stadium. I know you got tons of things to talk about. Mel Tucker, who is a great head coach. It is literally transfer portal U. They're bringing in a ton of transfer portal players. 17? 17? 17. 17 this That's offseason. more than Manny Diaz has ever done. I mean, that's a complete. <laughs> yes. <right there. laughs> yeah. We've, we've gotten rid of 25 players brought in 17. I mean, what do you think about Michigan State going down to Hard Rock Stadium? I think this is a more interesting matchup than App State because of the fact they beat Northwestern and they were god-awful this past season. And Northwestern was a very good football team that gave Ohio State a lot of trouble in the Big Ten Championship. I think Michigan State can show up some games. I really do. uh, Here's the interesting part about it. And this is something I know me and you are going to deep dive, uh, you know, in a future episode, this specific game, because I think there's a lot of parts to it. But essentially, when you bring up Northwestern, beating Northwestern, beating Michigan last year, uh, all the games last year, Michigan State was working with guys that, uh, for lack of a better word, and, and there's, you know, there's reasons behind it, Mac level talent. Uh, the playbook was not open. So we don't actually know really what Mel Tucker wants to do. I think there was some glimpses of it in the Penn state game where you're running shotgun spread, trying to incorporate some RPO type fundamentals, but that was the last game of the year. He didn't really open up the playbook. They had no running game. They had, they didn't have an offensive line. The defense was, you know, it was, it was okay. They, they stood up hard and they played hard, but it's just not the guys he wants that to build a program around. So coming into this year, I can't tell you much about what they want to do. I can tell you they want to run a four, two, five. 
Uh, and they have the linebackers in Quaveris Crouch, a all SEC linebacker from Tennessee that transferred in. Okay. Um, they have Octavius Brown, the top recruit in the history of Minnesota football uh, that transferred over. And they've got a few other linebackers that are really interesting. Um, I can't, I can't tell you much, except I think they made a, you, you hear out of training camp and, and off season, a concerted effort. They want to run the ball and they want to create a little bit more sideline to sideline action with how they de- call defensive plays. Uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of transfers. You're going to see guys from Alabama, guys from Florida, guys from Tennessee, guys from Michigan, guys from Minnesota, Wake Forest. I mean, the whole team is going to – most of the starters are going to be transfers. And luckily, we have, we have like, a, you know, at least some kind of um, replica for this for what Greg Schiano did at Rutgers. Yeah. Right? Last year – that team was nine starters, nine new starters from transfers. That's kind of what it's going to be. And it's a, it's a great experiment. I wish I could give you more. I don't know what Miami's facing other than to say Michigan state is a lot more talented. That, that a lot more talented Michigan than they state. were. That cause it's a new team. It's a complete different personnel, new quarterback. Yep. That gives the edge to Michigan State. Now, I will say they do have two games to look at. Miami, you know, perspective on the situation, so they'll get a better idea. But that's that. I think Miami's on upset alert that week. I, I it's a hard game if you're if you're gonna after Alabama and then you got App State. Who creates the schedule? And like, then you honestly, got Michigan State. Who creates it's the a, schedule? I will say, without a doubt. It's the hardest non-conference schedule in the country, in my mind. Why? Why do we why do we bring this upon ourselves as a program? I love how Notre Dame doesn't schedule anyone except for like the last like week eleven of the college football season. That is pretty smart because at that stage you're in the hunt for the college football playoffs or a good bowl game in the rankings. You're probably in the top 10. You get a good win in that key matchup when your program is really either it's sinking offensively, or maybe you might have an injury. That's the only con of that where you have an X player out, but that's very smart. What they do. They have a very easy schedule. Then week 11, they actually play a tough opponent, whether it's university of Southern California, Michigan, whoever it may be. They always play someone very hard at the end of the season, if you notice. But, hey, Miami does the opposite. They get out the way early, which I never understood. Well, the problem is, you know, Notre Dame is an independent. So, I mean, for Miami. the time being, until the, until they join the ACC full-time. So they, they get that luxury, right? So, Got to love them, man. Got to love them. Stu, so what, what would be your prediction right now for Michigan State-Miami? Uh, brother, I, w- I wish I had one. I have no idea what this it's team unknown. is. It's unknown. Uh, I've saw I've seen early line. I saw an early line where Miami was laying 17 and a half points. Ah, that's a lot. I, I I will say if if somebody offered me that today, I would be betting a small fortune on Michigan State. I think it's a closer game than 17 points, but I couldn't even tell you because again, we that's that game is going to really depend on is Derek King healthy game three 
Um, I could see him really cutting up a, a Michigan State defense. It, you know, is it what is the Michigan State offense? What is it? What do they do? Nobody knows. So uh, I, it'll be a fun game to watch. Now, I think the other game that a lot of Miami Hurricanes fans are circling, because if you lose this game, you probably lose the Coastal. OK, this will be the third year in a row. This opponent beats you and it will kind of say, you know, where are we as a program? You know, if, let's say we lose to Alabama. We lose to UNC. Have we really improved as a program or have we just stayed the same? And that's the University of North Carolina. This is a team that literally demolished us by like, I think it was like 40 at home. It was night and day the difference. I mean, what do you think about this 2021 North Carolina Tar Heels? Will they win the ACC Coastal once again? Oh, no, they, I mean, I guess in a way they did win the Coastal because Notre Dame is not a part of the ACC and they played for yeah. the Orange Bowl. But will they will they show out once again this upcoming season? I think you look at this whole thing and you go, okay, well, Michael Carter's not there. Javante Williams is gone. But you bring in Ty Chandler, who <laughs> oh. you know, part of that mass exodus from Tennessee. He's a guy that fits that same mold. One running uh, back compared they're to They're going to run the – yeah, sure. Uh, but with what Mac Brown does, that offense is still clicking along. Sam Howell's in a money year trying to make that money, so they're going to open him up. Uh, defensively, you know, you lose Surratt, which I think was the linchpin of that defense. But, you know, this is a team that, I'll be honest, I was shocked at how well they played against Texas A&M in uh the cotton bowl I believe it's the cotton bowl this past season um i i was genuinely impressed and i i say that because texas a&m was uh in my mind the fourth best team in the country last year especially towards the end of the season i don't think any i don't think florida would have beat them i mean they did beat florida uh, I, I think Alabama would have struggled with them had they played them later in the season uh, instead of early in the season. And Texas A&M really struggled with North Carolina. Uh, it wasn't until the fourth quarter, you know, capitalizing on a mistake here and there and playing that slow-paced Jimbo Fisher offense that got to them. I, I think North Carolina is you got to beat them. Until then, Miami reminds me of Penn State. They are Penn State, where they're going to be good, and we're just going to wait until we have an opening, and that'll be uh, that'll be when we have our big season. If you're a fan of subscription boxes, well, you got to check out Moint Meats. They're some of the best meat subscription boxes from family farms out there. They include grass-fed, grass-finished beef, lamb, pork chicken and wild-caught salmon this is some of the best freshest poultry meat you're going to find from subscription boxes moink meat go check them out so Stu, i think that's a great analogy miami penn state i really do i mean we haven't won any of the big games yet nor shown up for those big games 
You know, a, a lot of people think Manny Diaz as of right now, you know, that's the question mark. When is his signature win going to come? Because we have not seen it. We'll see. I think UNC would be a nice win. Do you think Miami can win the ACC Coastal? I think it's, I, we got to see how NC is is kind of playing. I think you at this point, yes, you, you can envision Miami being um, – this maybe is the year. I think. I think Clemson is. Pro- this is probably the the year you want to try and play them, because uh, I think they're only going to get better from here. Uh, yeah, maybe. I for me, Miami's floor. It's more about Miami's floor, and I think Miami's floor is high. The ceiling is obviously college football playoff if everything went right, but I think the floor is high where it's a seven eight win team but we're just middling right we're we're middling at that point Miami's going to a bowl game so that's not a concern anymore we we know this is not going to be a team that we're ashamed to be fans of or watch but are we going to be Penn State where it's eight nine wins and we're, we're going to play in the Outback Bowl or the Citrus Bowl and hey we're there on a, on a January 1st game, just not the game we want. Now, do you think that's Manny Diaz, or do you think there's a different head coach that can ride the ship at the University of Miami? How, I mean, what's your perspective on Manny Diaz as a head coach? I know he's only in year three. His his time at Miami still has not been written, his story. And a lot of coaches have not had great success early on. Dabble Sweeney, it took him more than a while at Clemson. Kirby Smart had fairly immediate success in his second season, making it to the college football playoff, I believe, from a seven and five season. So, what are your what are your thoughts? So, uh, for me, I I, I kind of worry the fan base. I think gives him a little bit too much grief. Uh, I think Manny, like you said, he's in his third year. I think what you got to see him building, what he's doing recruiting wise what he's doing with the staff. Uh, you know, I think we can all agree that the staff is in a better shape. Recruiting's in a much better shape. I mean, just last year, Florida uh, in, the, in the Florida fan base was all up in arms and worried about what Miami's doing on the recruiting trail until they were able to go to Palmetto and get a couple kids, right? Uh, he's making people notice and he's a player in the right space. He needs more time. I my only concern is is I don't know if Miami is able to make that jump into the five six teams that we have right now uh, that kind of rotate superiority in some form or fashion. I don't know that Miami can jump into that. That's I'm I'm kind of interested once we get to this twelve team playoff. Miami, Manny Diaz and where he's going to be, I think, can position Miami to be in that 12-team playoff on a regular basis. Not every year, not year in, year out, but I think you'll have some spurts where a couple years and then you rebuild a little bit and then a couple years. You know what I mean? I think Manny's the right guy for the gig right now, um, and I'll give him a couple more years. I like to give coaches five years. I think your fifth year needs to be the exclamation point, but he's certainly not at a Kirby smart deal where if Kirby doesn't win the natty this year, he's gone. 
He's not at a Jim Harbaugh level where, you know, he's basically waiting to get fired. So uh, I, I like Manny and uh, I, I, I'm excited by what he's done. You know, I, I think the thing I'm worried about is like modern day college football. Like, I don't know if Miami has enough resources to maintain a staff like we've seen at Clemson. I understand Alabama reloads coaches every single season, but they don't miss. rehab you when they when they reload, they do not miss with the next coach they come that comes in. They do not miss whether it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, any position. They just reload every time. And I'm worried if Miami can do that because when Manny D is hired, his offensive coordinator, Dan Enos, that was a complete miss. It was a one and done. It was awful. Now he's the well, where did Dan Enos come from? He came Alabama. from that Saban, Saban coaching. And we got the wrong one. <laughs> well, it doesn't always work out. Uh, and, and certainly I think if, if you have friends and connections close to that program, there there's pluses and negatives, you know, um, I, I think with what Manny's done staff wise, you have to be for where Miami is. Look, you, you've got your geographically positioned in one of the most talent rich areas for college football players in the country, uh, South Florida and the, and the 405 is right up at the tippy top of the best Georgia can offer the best. Louisiana can offer, et cetera, right? So you're there. You're a brand. You're, you have a brand name. Facilities are okay. That's where I, I feel like there, there is that, that drop because you're not playing on campus. You're, you're kind of away from things. The game day experience that really, really talks to recruits is a little, you know, it's a little different compared to the other big boys. But I wouldn't say necessarily Miami is completely out of it. I, I wish the university put more into the football team. Um, and the football team, let's not mince words, is what made that university big time. Um, yeah, I mean, athletics puts program universities on the map, admission-wise. Why do you go to Clemson, South Carolina? Uh, well, they're good at football now. Hey, okay. M- Michigan's got a twelve billion dollar endowment. It ain't. It ain't because you know it, the law school's really good. Michigan is a good school. So is the University of Miami. But you know, I, I definitely do agree. You know that that game day feel. You know, just that atmosphere on game day, the history, the programs. You know, facilities. Um, you know former players, NFLU development yep. will want to go to a winning program, a winning culture. They want to play with the best coaches. So look at Ohio state, you know, they go into any state and they grab who they want. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ohio state does, does that with impunity. Stu to close out this segment, man, who are some programs you think are on the rise this upcoming season to look out for? And who are your programs on the decline? We can do three uh, of each. Three of each. Okay. Programs on the rise. Let's go with that. Uh, first, foremost, Texas A&M. I love what Jimbo Fisher's Great. doing. Um, Recruiting-wise, talent-wise, I think everything that he's putting together is uh, just elite. And uh, to be honest, I think the SEC West is the most interesting division 
of college football year in, year out, this year being no different. Uh, but I think Texas A&M can give Alabama a run. If there's a team out of the West, give me Texas A&M um, in College Station over Alabama as being possibly we get a new new team in the SEC championship game. Um, Cincinnati, I mentioned them a little bit earlier. You know, I'm really high on Jacob Ford this year. Uh, Desmond Ritter's back. That defense, even though you lose Marcus Freeman as a defensive coordinator, he that defense that Fickle has brought is talented. And they play Indiana. They play Notre Dame. Notre Dame's rebuilding Indiana. I'm still not sold on Indiana with a Jack Tuttle-led offense. Uh, we'll see. Again, Michael Penix coming off that same kind of deal D.R. King is. Going to be interesting to see what happens because his injury happened a month prior, right? And Jack Tuttle is still being penciled in as the starting quarterback. Might be something to monitor. Uh, but Cincinnati can certainly make a power six bowl uh, or group of uh, six. What I don't even know what their New Year's six, whatever they're calling them. Uh, so Cincinnati would be the other one. And then I think a program on the rise, third one, uh, I would, you know, I would naturally say Michigan State or an App State uh, would be on that list for me. I, I'll get, I'll go out of, since I already talked about them, I'll give you Boston College. And I say that because uh, I, I really liked, I really liked what Phil Yurkovic did last year. I thought that team was moments away. Probably should have won that Vatek game um, before it started downpouring rain. Had moments where they probably could have been um, a little bit more competitive. I mean, they almost – they gave Notre Dame a real strong run for their money. Um, I think Boston College, you know, freshened up, a, you know, an extra year of – experience i think that's something to be mindful of three teams on the downside well number one is michigan uh i don't i'm gonna come out here right now and say michigan doesn't win seven games uh arizona state for obvious reasons i, I who knows if they're even going to play the full season if herm edwards is even going to be the coach come mid-season uh, so that's an easy layup. And then maybe a team, maybe a team, I, you know, I, nothing pops to mind in the SEC, ACC, not really big 10 already gave you Michigan. It's hard to give you a team on the decline. I'll say Michigan again, because I hate them so much. Love it. No, I agree. I think Michigan is on the decline. You know, Jim Harbaugh, I, nothing's happening there. Nothing at all. It, it's There hasn't been any progress. The quarterback position has been just a turning table of quarterbacks coming in. There's been no great players. McCaffrey was a complete swing and miss. You bring in guys like Jabril Preppers, Donovan People-Jones. You utilize them poorly. Their entire offense is just awful. There's just Well, you don't utilize awesome. them at all. Exactly. Exactly. Thing. Poorly. I mean, there's just nothing going on in Michigan. I cannot stand Jim Harbaugh. I think he's the oddest and weirdest personality ever. He's, it's just like, going, it's not even a cool personality. Like Mike Leach is like kind of funny, you know, like this guy's just weird. He goes, like, I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to waste my energy with that guy. Well, he's, I'll say this. I, I am pretty positive. This will be his last year. 
I think yeah. when you look at the Big Ten East, it Maryland Maryland's a team on the come up. Maryland's a very big this team with Talia. Yeah, I heard that last year with Minnesota. I heard the same thing with Minnesota last year from everyone. And guess what? Well, the, off problem, with the problem with Minnesota, I think you can look at COVID hit that team extremely diff, extremely hard. I mean, it was a tough year for Minnesota. I mean, when they played Michigan, I think they only had one returning starter on defense and like the other 10 guys were out with COVID. Um, I, I think we got to pump the brakes a little bit on that, but Maryland, Indiana, Michigan state Rutgers is not a joke. Rutgers can take, took Michigan to three overtimes last year. Penn state is still returning some talent. Ohio state, obviously big 10 East is very competitive. Uh, I think with Michigan, they're going to have a real problem with that. And then they have this whole scandal going on which you know folks it's too long to get into here but if you want to type in Michigan football scandal and read about what's going on up there that's going to be something that haunts them all this year and a team that's not returning a ton of talent defensively or offensively it's going to be some tough times plus they're going to lose week two at Washington still it was a pleasure speaking with you, man. Always greatly informative on the state of college football, regardless of what team, Michigan, Michigan State, Miami, Florida Atlantic. The guy knows it all. Where can the good people find Go you? Owls. Go Owls. Go Owls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks again, Paul. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it's been it's been great to have a friendship with you and uh, get to talk with you. And, and I can't wait to see uh, Orange Bowl week. Uh, maybe if you're, if you're not too busy, you can come party with, with us up in the suite. Uh, but at Stucast sports, check us out. Uh, we'll be back. Alex Marvez coming up this week, come late July, August, Phil Steele, uh, got some dudes from the sec network. We've got some friends of ours. Shout out to Jay boy. He's on the believe network, uh, tons of folks from all across the country, giving you uh, college football news. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.